Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seg Station. It's the man that has a nickname. Was lots to say with no shame. Thursday, September thirtieth, twenty twenty-one. Hope all is well out there, with everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Seglin here. You listen to Seg Station podcast. Got some company coming through today as well. Rich Hot Takes Letty coming back on the scene. I got some NBA media day and some NBA topics to get into with Rich. Also, some WNBA playoffs, which have been pretty fire and in the spotlight, which is something I like to see. Plan on touching on NFL Week 4 action, which kicks off tonight. Also, big game, obviously, Sunday night. Tom Brady returning to New England for the first time since leaving the New England Patriots. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Sunday night football. Plenty of great games in the Sunday slate as well. Looking forward to touching on some of those games. Some of the headlines across sports, MLB playoffs, going to start up next week. You got AL and NL wildcard races that are extremely interesting. Seattle Mariners haven't been to the playoffs in 20 years. Red Sox, Yankees fighting to battle out in a wildcard spot. And you had the St. Louis Cardinals go on a 17-game win streak. To get into the second wildcard spot, they're going to face either the Dodgers or the Giants. So plenty of excitement in the MLB as we're finally into the postseason. Obviously, NFL and NBA are going to start up here pretty soon. Obviously, plenty of controversy and things to talk about in the NBA. Looking forward to doing that with Rich. Haven't seen him here in a minute. Plenty to touch on in sports. Look forward to back. be back here doing that today. As always, appreciate all the love and support for the podcast. You can follow along. Check out what I'm talking about on my Instagram page or Twitter at Seggy Station. Always got a live version up. Of the podcast on my Twitch stream, it's underscore Seggy underscore G. Still got the podcast out on Spotify, Podbean, a few other platforms. Hopefully you get your podcast there. As always, right now it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk. Microphone is always direct. Time to reflect. Rich should be here any minute. Definitely going to start with some NBA talk. Particularly... What's going on with these non-vaccinated players making comments and what that's going to mean for not only the NBA, but standings, lineups, betting lines. A lot of interesting conversation to be had there. But as CJ McCollum says, keep in mind 90% of the NBA players are vaccinated. So something to be said there as well. Should be a good conversation today. Look forward to looking up with Rich. I know where I'm going, but I'm not sure if you do. Uh, you probably think I'm going Brady in the box, which is big no, time no, this week. No, I'll get nah, it. I need I'll to go it. here. I need to go here because Duke came I'm over. We're going something COVID. Let really. me just say something real quick. Duke came over the other day, and this is something I can appreciate uh, about doing this pod. I was watching uh, PTI 20. Did you see that? It's a, there's going to be a uh, ESPN Daily podcast this weekend on it. Uh, they're celebrating 20 years of PTI. Bro, Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser are like, I was watching uh, some of it last night. It's literally the coolest thing. Like, uh, looking into kind of what I'm doing here. I'm knowing not, I'm not sure it's going to be 20 years, but just to think if I could keep it going, like how incredible those guys are to do that. Literally 5,000 plus episodes like every day or something. Like, I don't know. It's pretty sweet. But moral of the story is I'm listening to that. I'm listening to all the things going on. I'm talking to Dukes who comes over, and we, the one thing I appreciate is that 
these guys were saying in their thing, oh, well, you can cover both sides of, of story. You can yell at your friends and want to hug them afterwards. And that's basically what uh, Tony and Mike have always been, like trying to fill in those shoes uh, are pretty tough. I've always kind of appreciated all you, you, Chu, Dukes, all these people that have come on my pod that, you know, I've been able to talk some of this stuff with. This stuff's hard to talk about, but Dukes has come through, right? You talked to me about not being vaccinated. I was able to kind of get through some of that stuff where I kind of heard LeBron talk about it, being a little skeptical, not saying that I wasn't going to get it, but like on the fence and like all these other things that you want to call it. Uh, you've given me plenty of good reasons to kind of do some research, look into it. Like some of these, some of these NBA players I've been talking about, CJ McCollum, now president of the basketball operation, uh, president uh, union, talking about how the NBA is 90% vaccinated, the WNBA 99% vaccinated. I think with what you've seen with the NBA announcing that players aren't going to get paid from games they're not going to be able to play in with these mandates in certain uh, cities, New York and San Francisco to be exact, you're not going to have t- 10% very much longer. You're going to have guys, they're going to go out. You might be close to 99% like the WNBA, in my opinion, what I've seen out of comments like LeBron James and some of these other guys. I hear the Brad Beal, though. I've said some of the stuff Brad Beal said in his interview to you. And I had Dukes over here, who is not vaccinated, by the way. And I've talked to him similarly about the things you've said to me. I've talked to him about how I felt about it when I wasn't getting vaccinated. I told him the reasons why I decided I wanted to go get vaccinated. Are exactly the same reasons this weekend when he came over. He said, yo, I got an email the day after we talked about it saying that if I want a referee, I need to get the vaccine. I, it's one of those things where he's basically being mandated to do it. And yeah. and it's, I've talked about it, man. And that's where I get a little bit messed up because why – I know the NBA says the players union has to agree to this and they're not going to agree to this and that's fine. You're going to have the 10 percentile. We talked about it. I said the 20 percentile. It's only 10%. It's roughly 70 NBA players. But that's going to affect lineup standings, uh, betting lines, all kinds of stuff. I mean, you're talking – if Kyrie Irving can't play more than half his games, if Andrew Wiggins can't play more than half his games, regardless of how you feel about it, that's going to be absolutely ridiculous. So the way I see it is why is it that that's even a thing? Why is it that those guys are able to not play in those stadiums if they're unvaccinated, but in others uh, they are? Like, I just don't understand that. It should be it should be more of a universal thing. And that's where I've lost control with all this. And that's where I understand things when I'm arguing with Duke, who is unvaccinated, when I basically was that guy two months ago, basically saying, yo, what's the deal here? Saying shit like Bradley Beal, saying shit like Andrew Wiggins. And all I had to say to Duke was, the when you're doing that, and when you're the guy that's unvaccinated, you're the asshole. You're the guy that's like a bad person. And I just don't understand that. I truly don't understand that. And it's gotten to this point where it's political. It's all this, oh, personal belief shit. No, it's a public safety hazard. And realistically, if it should be a more universal thing. Because I saw the numbers spiked up 500,000. More, more Americans dead from COVID than the Spanish flu. People were dying real quick. But that number, even though people are still dying, has plummeted, has not gone spiking as fast because people are now taking vaccines. I think it's proven that the vaccines have helped kill less people. So why is it not more a universal thing? There's st- there's things out there that's saying it's fine for Latinos and African-Americans, saying that it's fine for most people. I look at Michael Porter Jr., who just signed a five-year, $200 million max deal, and then is on the record less than 12 hours later basically saying this, Rich. And I'll read you the quote, because this is this type of stuff where I'm thinking if you're the, if you're the Nuggets, you don't ask him this before you give him this contract. Thank Michael you. Porter Thank Jr., you. quote, for me, I've had COVID twice. I saw how my body reacted. 
And although the chances are slim, with the vaccine, there's a chance you could have a bad reaction to it. For me, I don't feel comfortable. Now, we've talked about that, too, before on the podcast. The way I've kind of gone about this, we've talked about all this stuff, dude, and you can see all this stuff everywhere. But I'm just trying to stay now strictly with the NBA. How is this going to work if all of a sudden you're going to have guys that don't want to get it and they can't play in these certain arenas? How is that going to affect all the things I talked about? Standings, betting lines, all that. I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think... 99% 99% of players will be vaccinated by the time the season actually starts up. There's no way Kyrie Irving's unvaccinated when that season starts up. There's no way. He's not going to do that to them and not play in all their home games and in all their L.A. games. Not just every home game. There are four L.A. teams, and you're playing there at least four times a year. So you're playing in none of those games, and you're not playing the games against the Knicks, too. That's three-plus games a year. So that just ruled him out of over half the games in the whole season. There's no way that's happening. Andrew Wiggins, I don't know if you saw it, but like the Steph Curry interview where it's like, he didn't say anything negative. It's just like, you could tell he's like, why the fuck am I dealing with this? Like, goddamn, Clay's not going to be back till January and this bozo, it's not even going to be here half the fucking games. Like, I honestly don't think it, the problem is like, as you're saying, like, it's a personal choice. Like, I'm fine with that, whatever. Like, I'm not going to give anyone like a super. Yeah, but dude, isn't a personal choice anymore? Like when I'm talking to Dukes, like it was, but so now Duke, now Duke can't ref anymore. Like, you're telling me, like, it was like... Listen, I don't want to make this about Duke or anyone specific, but that just comes down to, like, you have a... They're an employer. They're employing you. You don't have the right to work there. If they're saying this is what makes us and the people that we're working with safer, they have the right to tell you to do that. It's not forcing you to get vaccinated. It's saying if you want to be a part of this organization, if you want to attend this thing, you do have to be vaccinated, which we all knew from the start. This is what was coming. Like, places have said this forever. Sure. This is what was coming. Yeah. Organizations are going to have the ability to do this. Yeah, I get that, dude. But why is that not more a uni- uh, universal thing? When you're going to go and you're going to basically threaten people's money in sports, you've seen it. When you're going to threaten people's, obviously, jobs elsewhere. The bigger, thing, the bigger thing here is, like, we're focusing on sports. But, like, this is obviously so much bigger than sports. Like, every state has their own legislators. So more heavy liberal-leading states like New York, California – are going to pass more law. Yeah, I mean, this is what it is. They're going to pass laws quicker requiring people to be vaccinated, which is what happened, which is why Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving thinks are a story, because they play in states that are slightly more liberal and are requiring vaccinations. It's possible more do it. It's possible they those states back off off of that at some point. But it's just odd. Like, you touched on it a little bit in the beginning. Everything here has become so politicized. And if it hadn't been from the start, I think a lot more people would be vaccinated because, like, we've talked about it before. We're all vaccinated to go to college, high school, elementary school. We all had to be vaccinated. Yeah. It wasn't this like it wasn't this huge issue when like the polio vaccine came out, shit like that. I wasn't around for it, but like it doesn't seem like it was this big of an issue. It's more because this got polit- politicized and people feel like it's been rushed, which is like, fine, that's your own choice. You don't have to take it. It's just like we've said before on here, like I've said before on here, like if you're not going to do it, at least realize you're putting yourself at slightly greater risk 95 percent of people that are on ventilators and in hospital beds are people that aren't vaccinated that's the biggest risk you're putting yourself at a lot of risk and the way we get these things to go away is by herd immunity which is by everyone or 99 percent of people being vaccinated yeah but i would just say this dude that's what's crazy is because for me when you talk about and and i hear people in sports talk about it's like if they tell you oh you should probably get vaccinated it's like an ad i'm like bro what the fuck i'm like it's just so dumb. Like LeBron James saying, like, oh, I don't want to be an advocate for this. Like, so, like having to tip tiptoe around because it's just, it's that's literally gotten I, to I a point where it's just crazy, dude. That's why to me, it's got to be more universal. Like to see that that many dudes in the NBA 
are vaccinated, that's a good enough push for me where I'm like, all right, yeah, like I see it, enough people that I support where I'm like, all right, I should probably get it. Like when I saw that's the good. NFL kind of kind of ticking up more, like when I heard some of the stuff, when I seen, I'm talking to Barry and it's like, you can't go inside without a vaccine card. I told you that stuff was going to happen in places. I didn't want to get left behind. I didn't want to be Cam Newton. That's part of the reason I went and got vaccinated. No, I'm serious. No, I'm dead serious. And I'm telling this to Duke because now he's in a situation where he's basically has to either decide, oh, I don't want to ref anymore or I'm forced to get it. Like, that's basically where he's at. And, like, to me, that doesn't seem fair when there's other places that aren't like that. And to me, it doesn't seem fair. If it is that serious, which we've talked about, it's definitely that serious. Why can't it be more universal? Why can't more people be saying, like, all right, man, like, if you want to be here, all places, this is what has to get done. Like you said, we all been vaccinated when we had to go to elementary school. It's like a mandatory vaccine, right? Like, that's a mandatory thing. Like, I don't know. People, you start saying that, you start saying certain things in this day and age, and it's just, you're in trouble. Like, I'm watching this PTI shit. Uh, 2020 or whatever, and all this stuff they were doing, bro, like 15 years ago, like you could not do. Uh, particularly, I don't know how Eli Manning got away with double flicking the bird on, on ESPN too. Like, I don't know how he's still going to have his job on that. I mean, shout out Eli Manning on that, but like, that's pretty wild that like nothing came out. Like he's in trouble for that at all. Like, all right, cool. Like, I guess you're able to do that shit. Uh, I mean, I don't know, just to think of like where everything's at and like, I don't know. I feel bad. I feel bad for dudes like Duke, even though. You know, I think he probably should get vaccinated. I told him, like, dude, like, you're around your parents and, like, Miles. Like, I don't know. That's just the way, like, one of my reasons of not getting it is, like, dude, I'm around nobody. Like, I don't know. Am I, am I going to give it to my dog? Like, I don't know. And then Duke's telling me, which is a lot of things I thought, too, which, like, everyone's around me is vaccinated. Like, all right. Like, that's fine. But, like, if you're if you're the 10 percentile that isn't particularly just staying in the NBA, the, the mandates and the rules are so crazy where it's like, bro, why wouldn't you just do it? If you're the players union, I get you're trying to be on both sides. Why wouldn't you why wouldn't you do this for parity of the league, dude? Because God forbid, and I'm not saying, dude, you're saying Kyrie, are you so sure Kyrie Irving's gonna get this? I know, yeah, I, I know the adult I'm sites. This is actually crazy though. I saw an adult site is literally gonna give him VIP for life restriction or uh prescription if he decides to get the first dose. Because apparently you only need one to like to play in the like he could just get one and be like What's that, $10 a month that he's getting? Some porn sites? Whatever it is, dog. To me, it's like, dude, you're incentivizing getting the vaccine, but you can't, like, mandate it across players in your league? Like, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me, dog. Not a lot of stuff makes sense to me right now, to be completely honest. I just don't get it. I'll I'll just say this. I think... I think the NBA will get there because I think players will come to the realization that the money matters way more to them. I wouldn't be surprised... If guys like Michael Porter Jr. don't get it, the guys who, like, they're going to miss. Because he'll miss, like, what, five, six games a year? Like, not ideal. Definitely not ideal. But, like, you can make it happen. The bigger thing will come into play with, like, what happens if the... um The Nuggets are playing the L.A. in the playoffs? Yeah, like, stupid. Get the... Bro, it's just stupid. No, I don't even want to talk about this, dude. That's dumb. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'll just say this. Guys like Kyrie Irving... I'm almost positive he gets it unless he's going to retire. Andrew Wiggins, I don't see how you could imagine imagine being a part of even HK basketball, which is significantly smaller than obviously an NBA team, and telling your teammates like, yeah, boys, like we're all in this together. I'm going to be here like half the time, but like I'm going to give it my all when I'm here. Like, yeah, I could be here all the time, but I'm just going to make the choice not to. And the thing with his press conference that was hilarious, I'm like, look, I would never get on Duke, anyone that's not vaccinated. Like it is – I'm – on board with it being a personal choice. I think people should get it. Like, I'm not going to shit on someone for not getting it. 
my thing, the thing that was hilarious about Andrew Wiggins is they had media day the other day and he was doing all this stuff. And he's like, it's, um, Oh fuck. I'm going to mess up the quote. He basically said like, it's a, he was saying like, it's a personal choice. Like it's a personal like stand I'm trying to make. And they were like, Oh, like, okay. Like what message are you trying to send? And he's like, he's like, he was like, it's an important message I'm trying to send. They're like, what message are you trying to send? He was like, that's none of your business. <laughs> it was just it's stuff like that where i say like if you have no reason and you're just doing it because your heels are dug in or because you feel like you don't want to switch sides at this point like that's a stupid reason not to get it if you feel unsafe unsure that's your own choice whatever but if you're just doing it to be like different or stubborn or like because you've argued the other side that's stupid if you're gonna make your own choice and like you feel it's the best decision for you that's within everyone's right just like have a reason know why you're doing it not just like because i don't know <laughs> yeah I, I mean that's the thing dude it's i felt like i felt like i had just more of that stubborn didn't want to do it mentality just wanted to wait and see and like bro that's the thing i wait and i saw long enough i'm like all right dude like this is this is gonna be a, you're gonna need this shit like if you're gonna want to do that's normal the most f- important thing with anything like fine if you're gonna do that cool just like be able to change your mind and most people get so dug into their side that they never change their mind and that's the bigger problem not that you have to change your mind but you have to be open to changing your mind on any subject yeah i agree um it's hard to do um i didn't want to touch on uh more nba but i wanted to shout out the WNBA real quick start a timer for this you've been watching any of it no, honestly, I don't, I mean, like... All right, so let me just say sure, this, because the WNBA, not. to me, is, like, pretty legit, but it wasn't... The Connecticut yeah. Sun are nasty. Uh, John Quell Jones, MVP of the WNBA, they also had, like, Coach of the Year and Most Improved Player. Like, Connecticut Sun, that's what we got. Like, they're pretty nasty. Uh, I mean, they lost Game 1 to Kansas Parker and Courtney Vandersloot, who had the second-ever uh, playoff career triple-double with 18 assists. She had 18 assists in the game, dog. Uh, I think she had, like, 10... 14 and 18 uh she went with cheryl swoops was the only other player to do it but incredible stat line incredible game went to double overtime and to me like i i've been in checking in on the wmba a little bit it's been around for how long like 20 years like i'm trying to figure out exactly how long i think it's like 20 25 year anniversary this year because i just saw that they announced all their uh you know top 25 players or all this uh a lot of active players and non-active players because you have Players that obviously aren't playing anymore. Moral story is this stuff's never been kind of in the spotlight and covered like this and out like this until I think this year. I think it's changed a little bit. I think you're seeing it. Obviously, I've seen even with the uh, women's and men's soccer team, some equal pay stuff getting kind of worked out. I've seen the WA kind of push to the forefront. Like even when in uh, NBA 2K22, like I think WNBA has kind of always been there, but like it's, I think it's highlighted more now. I think more people are talking about the WA and there's tons of good young players in the WNBA. Uh, there's a lot of good, uh, uh, veteran talent as well. They'll probably be out of the league in a minute. Saw Manny Pacquiao retire. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be out of this league here in a minute. It's just, you're going to see people leaving the leagues that you've been watching for 10, 15, 20 years, two decades. And yeah, it probably makes you feel a little old, but I I'm liking to appreciate what I've been seeing from, I guess basketball pushing more of the WNBA and letting us viewers, particularly with no NBA on right now for another couple weeks and just BS uh, airspace media talk. Like let's watch some of these playoff games that have been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the one game playoff of the plan there, they are doing a five game series for these. Uh, you got game twos in the semifinals tonight. You should check them out, dude, for real. 
Oh, well, I, well, I should watch some of those. I really didn't know much about what was going on with it. Plenty of nights without football on where I'm not watching anything good, so I should watch some of those. Yeah, for real. You got them tonight, game twos. Uh, they should be pretty fire, as I mentioned. You got a couple good stats. Like, Kansas Parker's been around for a minute, dog. Like, when did she graduate? I know she went to Tennessee. Like, I know. Uh, I'd, say, I'd say 2002 or one. It's it got to be something. It was Dude, before she's, 04, I know. Yeah. That. That's she graduated. She played thirty nine minutes. Wait, can okay? I'm I was dead wrong. Okay, she graduated in two thousand eight. I could have sworn she like left the same time Tarasi did. Um, yeah, she was there two thousand four to two thousand eight at Tennessee. Yep. Wow, sad. she's married. Holy shit. She wow. She's married to Sheldon Williams. I don't know if you know who that is, but football he went player. To, no, no, he went to um, Duke, I believe. He was in the NBA for a while. Yeah, went to Duke, was drafted to the NBA in 2006. He was the fifth pick of the draft by the Hawks. Only played in the NBA for a little while. That's Chewy, funny. Chewy's here. Smats is at your house? No, he's in the he's in the chat. He's listening oh, to the wow. pod on the live stream. Hey, Smats, I'm not logged in, so I can't chat with Smats. I told him oh, you said hi. Uh, yeah, no, anyways, the WNBA is fire. And then before I get into any more NBA and, uh, NFL talk, which I want to get in some for sure, uh, did need to shout this out. Cause I am going to, I'm going to log into my account, but did you see this bro? The NFL and the NFL PA is close to announcing it. NFT deal with Dapper Labs, the company yeah, behind NBA that. Top Shot. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, let's go. I get myself a, I get myself a OBJ, uh, Behind been, the back snatch, yo, I'm down on that. Shot, yeah, yeah, I've been, I've, I've been logged in my account five months. I gotta hope I can get yeah, back in. Uh, Vandersloot was 12, 10, and eighteen. Uh, pretty wild. It was Cheryl Swoops recorded the first triple double in two thousand five. Can you confirm that the WNBA is twenty five years old? I'm pretty sure. Nineteen ninety. I just looked it up. It was nineteen ninety six. It started, I believe. Nineteen ninety six. It was founded. So that would make it. 26 years old yeah word up uh 25 years old 26 yeah what should we do uh a couple more nba slots before i get some in. nba talk about the start of the season whatever we want to talk about nfl games this week let's get it we yeah got, i wanted uh, to hit some over unders in the nba so pull those up uh i did want to talk to you about uh I did want to talk to you about um, that Michael Porter Jr. contract, though. That's pretty wild to me. Uh, they even, got their team locked in for the next. It's Jamal Murray, Jokic, Gordon, um, and Porter Jr. Yeah. They really good in the 10 games before Jamal Murray went down. So I get it. Just not much room for flexibility. Aaron Gordon was the wild one to me. I think you had to do it with Porter Jr. kind of because someone else would have if you didn't. I mean, he's coming off a second back surgery. He's dealing with the controversy of not wanting the vaccine. And I don't know. To me, I'm looking at it like Jamal Murray is going to be out for at least half this season probably. Jokic coming off an MVP season. He'll probably be still, you know, an MVP caliber player. I don't see him, you know, winning the MVP again. Uh, Aaron Gordon I thought was a good addition. But when I look at the Nuggets in a what I think is a loaded West, I, I don't know. I just look at them. And I'm like, all right, those are the four you're going to go with. Not much depth on the bench. I like Mike Malone as a coach, but I think you kind of already maxed out with what you're going to see, particularly with. Oh, I don't, I don't know. 
I like I like Monty Morris. I like Will Barton. PJ Dozier looked really good last year. He got hurt for the playoffs and was when was out for some of them. Uh, What's their over Jeff, under to win in, total? They brought in Jeff Green, which is a really nice get for them. Another good guy in the front court. Like I think they're going to be a really good team. If they get Jamal Murray back. I would say, like I said this last year, they would have been my pick to come out of the West if Jamal Murray didn't get hurt. Obviously, they got swept by the Suns. Didn't have Jamal Murray. I don't think you can really like just a totally different team without him. Maybe they would have lost to the Suns anyway, but if they get Jamal Murray back and are looking decent, I think they'll be my pick again maybe this year, depending on how the Lakers are looking. Obviously, the Lakers are the favorite right now in the West. I like, I like the Nuggets a lot. I think Michael Porter Jr. takes another leap. It all depends how Jamal Murray comes back from surgery and, surgery and everything like that. And Aaron Gordon wasn't doing much on like the statistics side of things especially after Jamal Murray went down, but great defender to have for them. Good guy. You could just count on to play like over under win total on the Nuggets. You think the Nuggets will have a better season than the Suns? I saw Devin Booker health and safety protocols through training. We're back to to 82 games, right? Yeah. Denver Nuggets over under is 47.5 wins. Yeah. I think we talked about this one. I got the under on that. Um, for reference, I just want to see. So they have the jazz at 53. They have the Suns. I'm just trying to see like other good teams. Two with a smats bomb saying LaShawn McCoy one day contract with the Eagles to retire in Philly. <laughs> they have the Suns at fifty. He also says talk about the Mets West here. Mariners. <laughs> they have Dude, the Mets Lakers at fifty three. So they got the Suns, Jazz, and Lakers all finishing above the Nuggets, which I get. Yep. I'd agree with that. Uh, I mean, like, personally, I wouldn't bet on the 47.5 over or under. It seems about right. If I had to go one side, I'll lean towards the over. They've been a really good regular season team. Mike Malone's been a really good coach, so I'd lean towards the over. Um, wow. That, so they have the Mavericks actually projected with more wins as them. So I'd probably lean towards the over just saying, like, hey, I think they could be a better regular season team than the Mavericks this year. Yeah, I saw the uh, – I wanted to get in a couple of these. I saw the Celtics 46 and a half. Uh, what are you thinking on that? Over under on forty six and a half for the Celtics. You like what they did this off season? I wouldn't want to touch anyone on the East side after the Bucks and the Hawks, or excuse me, after the Bucks and the Nets, because I think when you get to like Nets, Knicks, not why am I saying Nets? When you get to Knicks, Hawks, like all those teams in the middle ground, Heat, Celtics, like I think they could all finish anywhere from three to seven, kind of. And that could all be a difference of, like, one-game win, two-game wins. Like, I just don't like touching any of those. I think the Celtics are going to look a lot better this year. Like, I think from you and Duke talking in the offseason, you guys were saying, like, you don't have them making the play-in, so I'd imagine – or don't have them making the playoffs, maybe. So I'd imagine you'd be taking the under on that. But Yeah, I, I got I the under kinda, on that. I kind of think that's about right. I think the Celtics are going to be good this year. I, like, I've said it many times, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, two of my favorite young like duos – or favorite young duo in the league, really, but – I, I like the Celtics, but I think that's – I wouldn't go over on the 47.5 because they could easily be anywhere from the three to the seven seed in the East. Yeah. Knicks, 41.5. How are you feeling about your Knicks this year? So they're saying 500. That's a little disrespectful. If if that's still at 41.5 when, like, we get betting allowed here, I'll be betting the over on that Knicks win total. I don't feel great about the Knicks season, but, like, we've seen this from Tom Thibodeau. The Knicks starters, the Knicks good players are going to play more than other teams' good players in the regular season, allowing the Knicks to be a slightly better regular season team than they even are a team because they're just burning their top guys out there. So, like, yeah, I think the Knicks are going to go over a 
41 win total. That's 500. That's a 500 win percentage. They were better than that last year. Yeah, the conference is better, but they brought in better guys. Like I'm worried about the Knicks in the playoffs. I don't. I don't really see them winning a playoff round, but I see them Yo, being over 500. I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be pretty tough this year. I. I, I think they're gonna be. Really I was good. high on them last year. I think I'm gonna be backing off them a little bit. I don't know if I'll be able to take the the over on that. I think they'll be right around forty wins. I think the they'll be be right made. around forty wins. Yeah, I do. Cause I think they almost have too many guys. Like where and I was listening to this the other day. It's like rotation guys. Like, bro, what's good with D Rose, Kemba? Like you got young guy quickly, you got OB Toppin in the front court with Robinson. Like some of these rotations are gonna be tough. And I think you're just gonna end up having where, where the East, I think, is more stacked up than people are going to give credit for, like you're talking about, a lot of log jam in there. Like, if you've got the Celtics hitting the over, I don't think the Knicks are hitting the over as well. I look at the Hawks, 47.5. I think they're going to be kind of right there at, as the hunted as well, a team that was in the playoffs like the Knicks, uh, where you got some of these other teams that are trying to get back in there with better rosters now. Bulls, uh, you know, looking down the line. I don't know what's going to happen with... The Wizards and Brad Beal, where is he going to end up traded? Who knows? But I think the East is going to be tough for a team like the Knicks that had sure. a really good season last year. Uh, You're right. You're right. I mean, I got just real quick, like just to share this right now. These are the standings from last year on my screen. The Knicks finished 41 and 31. They were fourth. I could see them finishing really anywhere in this top seven here, but I still think they finish above like one of. That's what teams. I was looking for. I think the Pacers have a much better record than they that. Do. They do. They do. Uh, I think they will this year as well. Bulls and TJ Pacers. Warren, TJ Warren looking like he might not play again or might be out for a while again. Has another injury going on, which sucks. Um, I just think I saw Karis Levert think, got hurt too. Back uh, back fracture for Karis Levert too. So actually. Yeah. That could be yeah, that they could be losing more games than than we given credit for. But the, I mean, like the other big thing are Raptors. Raptors. Are Raptors are back in Toronto. They weren't in Toronto last year. Yep. That'll be a huge boost for them. I mean, they only lost Lowry. Yeah. Bulls got a lot better. It's a weird fit, but they'll be better than thirty-one and forty-one this year. Yeah. My thing just on the Knicks front is I can't see them with all the additions they made dropping significant like you know you're dropping like eight more games or something like that losing eight more games something like that this year and also with tom Thibodeau there who just goes all out in every regular season games i just see them being like probably around the sixth seed i see them avoiding the play-in tournament i'm worried about them come playoff time but i see them avoiding the play-in tournament which should put them above 500 yeah like that carries dude that carries levert injury is so tough it Chewy sucks. with the carrots ouch uh comment that's that's so shitty um, yeah. You gotta. I want some over under win totals on the Rockets and Thunder real quick before we get out of this one. Win totals on the Rockets and Thunder. So we have the Oklahoma City Thunder at twenty two point five, and yeah. the Rockets at twenty five point five. Wow, I got. I got the Thunder with the slight over, but I'm hoping that we don't do what we're doing, which is trying to just win games <sighs> to be. I think the Rockets. I think the Rockets are gonna have. I think they're gonna have like some splashy stuff going on if Jalen Green can get on the court and all I that. But I think they're gonna, gonna be under 25. To watch pass and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. That's gonna be good. That's what I was calling you about the other night. I'm trying to hit up a game, bro. I was looking up some tickets, uh, Knicks Rockets, because I I'll, I kind of want to see Jalen Green live, dude. That'd be fire. Uh, 
don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out, so I'll hit you up. But um, I'd be down for that. I'm trying to see right now. I'm just looking through. I think the Thunder are the lowest projected. What do they got for T Wolves? Yeah. T-Wolves are going to be well over that. T-Wolves should have a decent season, I would think. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves, 33.5. Who did they hire for a coach? Did they get rid of that dude, Saunders? Yeah, he's been gone for a little while. They hired a guy. I think they bumped up their interim guy, Chris Finch. That's who it was. He was doing really well the second half of last year. So hopefully they... I don't know, man. Timberwolves are a weird one. You can't ever bet on them making the playoffs since they haven't since Garnett left. But at the same time... They have these really good stretches when Towns is healthy. He was out a lot of last year. They looked pretty good the second half of the year. Like, all things considered, they should be a playing team. Just a matter of, I don't know, they should have been there a lot of times. And actually, they have made the playoffs once with Jimmy Butler since um, Garnett left. But, yeah, they're, they're just always disappointed. Yeah, I'm just rooting for Carl Anthony Towns. Um, all right, I wanted to touch on this real quick. You were giving me a little smoke on my, on my rankings, and you're – Saying how the Packers not and smoke, the Bucks should be in there. And here's the thing. Let me just say something. I saw the ESPN rankings come out, and I saw the Bucks were in the two slot. I saw Keyshawn Johnson talking about how he thinks the Panthers are going to win the division, but has the Bucks in the two slot in his uh, week three keys real rankings. I don't understand how people have the Bucks in the, as the number two team in the NFL right now. I just don't agree with that. I also don't agree with people hitting me up saying that the Buck, or I'm sorry, the Cowboys are a top five team in the NFL because they had one nice solid Monday night football team win on the douche uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't know, I don't know what Jalen Hurts was talking about with the taking deuces and, and and not looking at them and flushing them, but like I'm like, damn, dude, this is what I was talking about with the Philadelphia Eagles. And then everyone talking to me about well the Panthers and the and the Broncos shouldn't be there. I'll tell you, man, they got. Two of the best defenses in the league. Top five defense in the league for Denver Broncos and the and I get the competition, but and all the teams they played 0-9 don't matter. Don't matter. They got they gotta win the games, they gotta play the games, and they're doing that. Giants aren't. So I'm not gonna sit here and say because you're not playing good teams that if you're winning the games and you got a really stout defense, that you're not close up on the rankings. What I'll ask be, me a question what? My question to you would be and everyone looks at the power rankings differently. And my only comment was on your just outside teams. I didn't really have an issue with your list, honestly. I thought the list was was fine. A little shocking is not see the Packers or the Bucks in there. But my question to you would be: If the Super Bowl was today, obviously it's not, and we had the Bucks going against either like can't happen in some of these cases, but like the Broncos, you know, playoff game today, Bucks going against the Broncos or the Panthers. You're probably not picking the Broncos or the Panthers over the Bucks. I wouldn't think. Yeah, but here's the thing. Panthers are in the in the Bucks division. I told you this. I think this yeah, division is going to be a little tougher. Playoff, playoff They'll end up playing each other, and I think the Panthers get at least one of those this year. I've talked about the Bucks having five or six losses. I talked about the Bucks losing this game potentially in New England. I'm not so sure that's going to happen. I'm kind of worried about that, but it is possible. It is certainly possible because the, all the hype around – this game, this return, all oh, this book coming out, Belichick, Brady, all this shit that I talked to you about with this yeah. whole breakup, and now it's coming to fruition as Brady returns, Sunday Night Football, and, you know, for me, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, dude, the Bucks have one of the worst pass defense. They just signed Richard Sherman, which, by the way, he beat the, he just beat the shit out of his girlfriend and was on viral video for doing some wild shit two months ago and has a trial on Friday. Yeah, you knew that because I covered that here, too. Bro, Richard that, that. Sherman is about to get suspended by the NFL if they end up going through 
pre-trial on Friday and some other trial. He will be there for a couple games. This is classic shit for me. This shit gets swept under the rug, but Tom Brady's called up Richard Sherman. Yo, I need you. Because defense is trash. And Tom Brady got outplayed by Matt Stafford this past week. I'm not so sure he's not going to be able to outplay Mac Jones, but if if Patriots D can do anything and Mac Jones cannot turn over the football, who knows, man? They might so, lose that football game. So, and, when I, and looking at the Packers, let me just say real quick about the Packers. The Packers you didn't answer the question are at all. You just went on the long rant. You didn't answer the question. If the Bucks and the Panthers or the Broncos were playing the Panthers or the Broncos in the playoff today, would you expect the Bucks to lose that game? You would be saying, "Oh, the Bucks are losing this game." That's if you're telling me the Bucks, it, yeah, I would take. I think the Broncos can beat the Bucks. I also think the Panthers can beat the Bucks. Yes, and I think you got a lot of season to play out. That's why I think I think the rankings are so funny right. in the beginning of the season because you end up you doing it based off record. Like I don't know, I don't think all the undefeated teams should be in the top five, ten of the NFL power rankings. I think the I think the Panthers are a little higher than the Broncos based on who they played. I think yeah, I'm just saying I'm I'm more so just saying that I think the Ravens are right there and the Ravens are playing the Broncos this week. So that'll be a true test. That'll be whoever wins that game for me. Ravens either slide up, Broncos slide up. That's how it works I, for me. I agree with what you were just saying. I don't think you can have like, oh my god, your rankings are so wrong. We're three weeks in. Like, there's a lot left to be seen right now. But that's why I go off of a lot of firepower what we've seen in the past and trust a little bit of the Packers Buccaneers over teams like Broncos and Panthers who like have looked great but we've seen a small sample size of them looking great they haven't played great teams now dealing with some injuries on both sides McCaffrey so like I don't know I, I'm not going to say those teams are better than the Bucks and the Packers but overall I didn't really have an issue with your list I wouldn't have the Packer or excuse me I wouldn't have the Cowboys in the top five either quite yet um, I thought the list was fine I would just personally have the Bucks and the Packers considered before Broncos or Panthers at this time. Yeah, uh, I respect it. We can get into it. I do want to touch on this, though. Rich, if, you know, if you're in a relationship for 20-plus years and it ends up snapping off or whatever, right? All right, like friendship, me and you, friends for 20 years. I end up cucking you over, whatever the fuck it is. We're about to snap it off, right? I try and reach out. I was like, yo, can I at least come through and say goodbye? And you're like, nah, bro, just do it over the phone. Like, I'd be like, I'd be like, all right, word. Like, that's how it is. Like, all right, word. Like, dead ass. Like, if I was, like, about to move or, like, chew, I'm about to move. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to come through and say goodbye. She was like, nah, I'm busy today, bro. Like, let's just do it over the phone. I'd be like, all right, word. My good. Like, this shit that comes out, uh, this isn't a coincidence to me. This Bill Belichick uh, slander and then talking uh, Tom Brady up on a pedestal before this game. This Seth Wickestan book or whatever the fuck you want to call it coming out this week. Of course, coming out this week. This stuff is what I talk about with Tom Brady all the time. It's hard for me to just look at this man and support this man when this stuff happens all the time. This this is literally how anyone's opening up talking about any type of football. This is what they're talking about. Tom Brady returning to New England. And let me just tell you, like they are New England has no shot in this game. But I'm I'm still hoping that they can win this game. No, literally. No, literally. Go check it out. Go check it out. Go check out how terrible the Patriots are roster wise compared to what you got going on with Tom Brady and the Bucks. I don't want to hear about how uh, you know, this could this could be a close game. I've been hearing all this stuff. This should be an absolute blowout. I don't expect it to be because I do think things will be a little bit tough for Tom Brady, right? Like if you work someplace for twenty years, bro, and then you leave and maybe you're only and you return a year or two later. 
when you return, I'm telling you, man, I've done this before. Like, I haven't worked there for 20 years, but, like, where my dad used to work, he worked at a place for 20 years of my life. And when I go back there, it is this, like, weird thing for me where I look around and I still kind of, like, see some things that have changed, but see some things are the same. You know the feel. You know even some of the people, the same dude that's still working there for 50 years. Like, he's going to see dudes that he knows, all the fans being there. I think this is going to be a tougher game than him to just walk in there like, oh, he's going to throw for five TDs and shit on him. Like, Oh, I, I'm I'm going on the five TDs and shit on him side of things. Like, back into place where he went to nine or what? He went to eight Super Bowls there, won five there since one's come with the Bucks. Like, he's uh, – I think he'll be feeling pretty, pretty good heading back into uh, uh, Massachusetts going to the game there. Can you, so, yeah. can you at least admit that heading into this game, like this whole bef- pregame, after the game – the way Brady and Belichick either rejoice, don't rejoice, is going to be, like, the biggest headline of yeah, all time. they're going to. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think it's going to be, like, this whole, I don't know. Like, I don't no, think it's going to no, be, like, let's take be. a picture, like, oh, everything's no, cool. It's going to be, like, it's going to be It's going to be awkward as hell, I think, dog. And you're, this is going to be, this is going to, you don't think this is important to Bill Belichick? I talked about this, dog. Oh, it is. This is it's this... gonna be nothing prior to the game though, and then after the game, it'll be the quick thing we see after with quarterbacks every game. A quick little hug, whisper in the ear, great game, great game. Hope you're doing well. Good you too, man. Alright. Like there's we know who Bill Belichick is. He's not gonna like go out there and be like, Hey man, like I miss you. You're doing so great. I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> like that's not gonna happen. It's literally just gonna be like good game, good game, good to see you, good to see you. Like it's that's all it's going to be. If they want to say something to each other, it'll be behind closed doors because of who we know Belichick is. It's not going to be like after a game where one of them beats the other one. It's I just feel not, like Belichick was happen. a little bit more public than he's ever been on, on Brady this week. I think it's a little bit more of a setup. I think this game is going to be one of these ones where you know, you watch it and it's like, oh man, this is like one of these things where you never expected to see. Like Tom Brady on the other side playing against New England, up against Bill Belichick. I don't know. That's just like... That's just, like, something for me where, like, I was always wanting to see how this shaked out, the, the divorce. And right now, Tom Brady's got the upper hand, but it'll just be interesting to see who gets the last laugh. You know, I think I think the Bucks are a much better team, much better roster, but I don't know if just walking in New England in a blowout is what I see. I do think it'll be a closer game, and uh, I'm hoping that Mac Jones can pull it out. Um, be wild to see the Bucks 2-2 two and two start. Uh there's some other interesting starts in the NFL, Rich. Um, I went, I ranked, uh, I ranked my three and O teams and my my O and three teams in terms of, uh, you know how, okay, how I thought they were, you know, rankable. Um, wanted to just run through that real quick, looking at the division races as well. Um, you know, you got the Cowboys atop of the NFC. Shout out to those Cowboys fans. Uh, finally. Having have. some somewhat of a respectable team. I don't have the Cowboys um, anywhere you on my rankings. You have the Broncos currently. as your worst three and O team. I have them. Uh, yes, I do. I have the Broncos right below the Panthers. I have actually no, that's a lie. Uh, no, that's not a lie. Yep, I have Rams, Cardinals, Raiders, Broncos, or Panthers, Broncos for three and O teams. Great. Rams, Ca- Rams, Rams, Cardinals, Raiders, Panthers, Broncos. I would agree with that order. For my 0-3 teams, 
worst to first, I got Jets, Jags, Colts, Giants, Lions. I think the Lions are, as much as they're 0-3, similar to how I feel about the Giants, but it comes across as bias. Like, the Lions, damn, bro. And, like, I was talking to Barry about this on Monday, where I was like, dude, I kind of have... Like, I kind of have the Ravens right close to my rankings. That's why I think this Broncos-Ravens game is huge this week. This is huge for my rankings and for Chew. Because if I I think the Broncos are legit. It's just, can Teddy Bridgewater be doing what he's doing up against, like, an actual team? That's all I want to see. Like, I thought the Giants were an actual team. They're not. So, you're looking at what the Broncos have done this year. Their defense is elite. I think Melvin Gorn is underlooked right now with what he's doing out of the rushing game. I think you got Teddy Bridgewater not turning the ball over, playing pretty pretty good average football, which is what you expect from Teddy Bridgewater. And with that defense, that's what I expected the Broncos to be, is a, a pretty darn good football team. Um, I talked about it when they signed Teddy Bridgewater with Chu, and I know Chu's hurt that Drew Locke ain't playing, but damn, I don't think you'd be 3-0 and if Drew Locke was playing, Chu, regardless of who you played. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a huge game this week for the Broncos, and I if they're for real, I think they are. And I like Lamar Jackson. I think the Broncos win this game this week, though. And if they do, that'll have them, I think, just inside, right inside the Panthers, sliding up that 3-0 and list if they're able to kind of stay stay elite. My only, only thing I really disagree with you with on those two lists is I'd say the Colts are pretty far and away the best 0-3 team. I would bump every team you had back one spot and put the Colts as the best 0-3 team. Their three losses have come to the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Titans. They only lost to the Rams by three. And now their next few games, they're going to have some games against the Texans, Dolphins, Jets, Jaguars in there. So, like, I think the Rams, or excuse me, I think the Colts will be looking a lot better, like, you know, six weeks from now. Obviously, a lot of teams are looking a lot different six weeks from now, but that's a tough, that's a really tough starting schedule, especially when you have Carson Wentz breaking both of his ankles out there. But Seahawks, Rams, Titans, that's three of the most high-powered offenses in the whole league in the first three weeks. It's not going to get much easier for the Colts, man. I don't see it turning around for them. I think one of my takes that I was certainly well, right about gonna, heading into this year was Carson Wentz. Any of those teams, though. They've just had a tougher start, I would say, like tougher schedule than the other 0-3 teams. Fair, but I think – I don't know. I don't – That's we'll, we'll have to see. Who are they playing this week? Who are the Colts playing this week? Miami, this week, yeah, that's a good game. Dolphins. That's a good game considering what's going on with the Dolphins. I'll pick I the mean, Colts in that one. Yeah, that they could get their first win this week, considering uh, they go they go Colts, Ravens, uh, Texans. So I will I say get... in this uh, in that PTI twenty I was watching, uh, Tony Kornheiser in the LeBron draft uh, took Dirk Dirko Mirchic over Melo, and uh, they were doing like a special. I was watching this. I was literally watching this. They were talking about it last night, and it just made me feel better about like some of the takes I've had, where I'm like, Tua is going to be the best lefty of all time. Like, all right, dude, you got to I mean, eat dude, it sometimes. You, you got to eat it sometimes. Gets, you talk sports, you're going to be wrong. Yeah, like, if you're just going to admit yeah, it. Like, just admit it. It's straight. Talk sports is going to be wrong. A oh, of lot course. Of the time. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's like, just about how much can you be when right. You're saying- Bull Bull is going to be a huge part of the rotation, and the person across from me is like, dude, no, he's 100% not. Is he still on the Nuggets? Is he still on the Nuggets? <laughs> I hate you sometimes. Uh, that's fucking whatever, dog. You and Smats were looking at me saying, like, nah, they got him playing point in this summer league game. They're going to have him out there. I was like, no, they're not. All right. Uh, I do want to touch on this though a little bit because I because I've I've touched on uh, um, I've touched on Joey B's and and 
how much I wasn't really a big fan of him going forward. I can appreciate what he's doing coming off this absolute atrocious knee injury. MCL, PCL, ACL, I mean, whole damn thing. Uh, he's back. He's looking great. You got Jamar Chase. Everyone's talking about he can't catch balls, all this BS. This dude, he's the youngest receiver ever to have four touchdowns through three games. I think he's done so on 220 receiving yards, 12 receptions. He was the offensive uh, rookie of the month. Um, yeah, 11 receptions, 220 yards, four receiving TDs, passing Randy Moss to be the youngest ever through three games to have four TDs. Joey Burrow looking elite. The Bengals are atop of the AFC North. Uh, they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars tonight, Thursday night football. Uh, last two number one overall picks facing off tonight. I think the Bengals win this game handily. The Jaguars are fucking terrible, man. I saw them make a trade, CJ Henderson, this week to the to the Panthers. They just lost JC Horn. Great, great trade for my uh uh, take on the Panthers trying to get some uh, secondary help until J.C. Horn comes back, who was looking like the defensive rookie of the month, in my opinion, for the Panthers. Um, I think the Bengals are legit, dude. I mean, it's to me, you're going to have a tough – I don't think they're going to win the division this year, but I think Joey Burrow has proven that he's definitely a franchise-caliber quarterback. Um, Jamar Chase, some weapons in there. I like Joe Mixon. I'm sure their defense is going to have to I- improve, but – they're winning up against the Steelers handily last week. Like, damn, bro. If you're a Steelers fan, and I've talked about this here on the pod a couple times, damn, this is tough. I've had a couple of my uh, college roommate. He was a Steelers fan. Um, you know, what I'm looking at with the Steelers right now is exactly what happened, in my opinion, to my New York football Giants. Is we coddled Eli Manning a little bit too long. We held on to him too long. We had no recession plan. And what happens is you end up getting put back way too long. You end up saying you're one player away and drafting a running back number two, three, four overall, and that dude ain't going to get a second contract with the team. You know, this shit, yeah, yeah, it's it's not good, dude. And I think the Bengals are far and away better than than the Steelers at this moment in time and looking forward to what I've seen out of Joey Burrow. And that's something I was certainly wrong about. I wanted to shout that out. But I do got the Bengals tonight. Uh, Going forward, I would take Joey Burrow over Trevor Lawrence as well. I'm not sold on Urban Meyer. I don't understand this trade. I don't understand some of the moves this dude makes. And you're about to be 0-4 heading into your uh, NFL coaching debut. And I think you're going to be looking for a job here sooner rather than later. I remember, I want to be very clear, this is not a victory lap. It's three games in. I don't know shit about him. I didn't know what I was talking about at the time. I remember saying to Smats on here, (coughs) and not that Smats was wrong, like, I don't know, probably six plus months ago now before like any preseason games, anything like that. It's like, look, I haven't watched much college football but I have a hard time feeling like Trevor Lawrence is, isn't overrated just with how hyped up he is. Like, and I preface that with like, I haven't watched him play at all, but just how hyped up he gets. I was like, I feel like there's no way he's going to be like that good coming into the NFL. And part of that situational, but I know I'm not trying to be like, Oh, I was totally right on that. Like I didn't know anything about him at the time. I was literally like asking a question, not trying to make it a fact or anything. And he hasn't been in the best situation. They don't run the ball at all. They have no defense right now, but I don't know. I just think it's not, I don't know NFL draft as well as I know it with like NBA stuff like that, but I don't think it's as much of a sure thing as people think with a lot of these quarterbacks coming out. I feel like we've seen it time and time again, like this year, especially none of the quarterbacks looking great to start. They're all on bad teams, but that's usually the case. And they're all looking pretty disappointing. Mac Jones is the only quarterback to get a win. I believe out of all the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. They're one in 10. They're one in 10 right now. I think so. uh, I don't know. It's been a, it's been a rocky start for him. 
Trevor yeah. Lawrence, especially. Which is I think, why, which is why I'm giving a lot of credit here to Joe Burrow because the Bengals are a rocky organization. He's pretty much got them turned around a lot great. quicker than I thought. Uh, I got to give some credit to Joe Burrow. Um, yeah. You know, I was kind of on the train with you with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be an average NFL quarterback. I don't think he's going to be anything spectacular. I've been on the record with that, and it's kind of uh, – I know it's early, but, like, you know, what's going to change? How much better are the Jags going to get in the next five years? Like, I, I don't think, think he's going to look I any good, and this response. is kind of what it's going to be. You know, for I, me, I'll just, take my cloud with Justin Herbert. I just got to say Justin Herbert real quick because I came on the spot. I'm definitely wrong about Tua, and we'll see how that plays out. I'm not even sure. I Like I said, I think he's going to be out of the league real quick. I'm, I'm dead ass on that. I think uh, I think Chu had a fair response. But Justin I Herbert said I heard this said about how a couple I think the only other guys to throw as many picks were Peyton Manning and someone else who was an all time legend in their first few games. But Chu just said Peyton Manning threw twenty eight picks his rookie year and they were asked, got the fourth overall pick, drafted Hall of Famer, uh Edwin James and the rest is history. So small sample size, three games in, we're absolutely overreacting. They're on a bad team, but just hasn't looked good so far for someone that many people were saying was just like the surefire, like, best thing coming out, like, can't miss. And yeah, which I think is Justin in, Herbert, and I was right on the money with that, dog. I'll take my credit there for sure. Like, I was talking high on Justin Herbert, and he's elite. I love Justin Herbert. The Chargers are for real. They're 100% be in the playoffs this year. Um, I think they're legit. I think the I think the Chiefs are going to have like a hard time winning that division. Um, I know we're talking about getting into I overreaction. Struggle. They're going to have a hard time have winning any. that division. I don't have an NFL team. Like, as I wish I did. I try and, like, be like, oh, like, I like this. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't work with, like, betting and everything. It's so hard to, like, find one after not having one, even though I love the NFL. But my two teams that I'd say at this point I enjoy watching the most are probably the Cardinals and the Chargers, Cardinals being the team I probably root for the most. Yeah. Cardinals are fun to watch. I really I liked watching the Texans with Hopkins and um, Sean Watson there. So Kyler and uh, you got a good game this week. Cardinals at Rams. What do you like in that, Rich? It's tough not to take the Rams in that. Uh, Hopkins a little wobbled. The Ra- uh, the uh, Cardinals defense maybe getting a little more hyped than it should be just off some crazy Chandler Jones sack games. So I think I'd be taking the Rams in that. I don't think it's like a, a blowout or it's, it'd be crazy to pick the Cardinals, but I think it'd be safe to pick the Rams. I'm gonna look right now. I'm wondering what the spread is for that. Really good games. You got the you got San, you got Seattle at San Fran this week too. Seattle in almost must win t- territory in this division the as Rams, well. The Rams are favored by four and a half in that game against the Cardinals. Most of that's just them being at home. It, like San Fran points. should be three and zero in my opinion. Like you don't you can't let Rodgers have two throws in thirty seconds to Devontae Adams. Like in my opinion, like this should be three teams at three and zero and Seattle at one and two. Um, and that both those teams are playing each other this week. All division games in the NFC West this week. Uh, I got the 49ers winning that one as well. They're favored by usually the way the spreads work or are you got the Niners over Seattle this week. Yeah, I do. Um, Any team at home is usually given three points just for being at home. So that's factored in. So basically with them saying that's a three point spread, they're basically saying that's, that'd be a dead even game. If it was played on neutral turf, Seattle versus uh, San Francisco. So basically kind of a toss up, 49ers getting some points since they're at home. I'll take the 49ers in that. I agree with what you said, and it's what I was going to say. I think the Seahawks should probably be 1-2. and two. 49ers could easily be 3-0. and oh. uh, Seahawks' defense looks absolutely terrible. Jimmy G doesn't look as bad as maybe some people would have thought to start the season. So I'll take the 49ers in that one. Huh. Yeah, dude, Seattle, I don't know what's going to – they might miss the playoffs for real. 
<laughs> which is they just going to be wild with that, what happened to Russell Wilson. I hope 10, he ends up on the Giants. <laughs> they have 10 wins, like, all of the last, like, eight, seven seasons or something like that, and the one they don't, they have nine. So, them, been, them Pittsburgh, New England, they've been, like, the pillars of consistency, but it's got to come down eventually. We'll see. Yeah, there's some really good matchups this week. Um, that Cleveland at Minnesota game, I think, is huge for both that be teams. A fun game. Uh, cause I think the Vikings should have a better record as too. I mean, they're 30, they're a 37 yard field goal away from being two and one, uh, an overtime away from that week one game from being three and oh. So, uh, the game closest on these spreads is the Baltimore versus Broncos game. The Ravens are favored by one. The yeah. game's in Denver. So that's the, that's all almost a pick them right there. Yeah, I know. Who would you be, be taking? I got the Broncos in that game for real. I love Lamar Jackson when he's doing, but I think uh, I think Broncos D is legit, and uh, you know even what I saw last week, like they they're scoring what twenty one points a game basically are the Ravens right now. Uh, you know I think I think Teddy Bridgewater can score twenty one points with that offense, even with Jerry Judy out right now. Uh, you know them trying to work in some of these new weapons, like they're gonna be getting Judy back. Like they I don't know the Broncos look primed to make a to make a run this season for me. Uh, and I'm happy for Chu, considering what just happened to the fucking Mets for him. It's it's a fun part of the season. Like, part <laughs> of me is like, well, the Ravens should be better than the Broncos. Then it's like, well, the Ravens could barely beat the Lions last week. And then it's like, well, are the Lions better than everyone thinks? And it's like, oh, they're 0-3. So it's like, there are just so many questions right now. Yeah. Such a small sample size where it's like you don't know what side of things to trust. I Normally, I think I'd be picking the Ravens in this one. But coming off a game where they barely beat the Lions, I don't I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. And are now going against a much better defense than the Lions, and probably a better off, definitely a better offense than the Lions as well. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's crazy to have the Broncos win in this game. Clearly, only a one point difference on the spread. Yeah, there's some wildly good games this week, which I'm super pumped about. Which I'll obviously be tuned into all those. Panthers, um, you know, the Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by four and a half in yeah, Dallas. That's against a big the game. Panthers. Yeah, it's a big game. I got the Panthers. I got the, I got the Panthers. I got the Cowboys. I got the Panthers in that, even without CMC. Chuba Hubbard, it's legit. Uh, let's. I'm gonna get in some uh, some fun stuff on the way on the way out here, uh, and then some other random stuff. If you got um, anything, you just Tennessee throw it in. Titans might be without AJ Brown and Julio Jones this week, yeah, and they're playing that. the Jets. So Derrick Henry literally might rush for like 250 yards on the Jets. Probably. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go for 300. Honestly, I think he's gonna rush for 300. No, I'm gonna throw that out there right now. And he's and he's catching passes now too. He hasn't done that any of the last five years. They're actually throwing him the ball this year out of the backfield. So he's been. He could end up being like the best pick in fantasy football this year. End up being the number one if he's catching passes as well. Yeah, uh, I had a couple uh, ones to get in on the way out. I saw John Morant. He wanted a one million dollar to enter the dunk contest. Why the NBA? I talked about this incentivizing. Like, what are they doing? They oh, do sure. the, They give a million dollars to uh, you know the winner of the home run derby. And yeah. I talk about how fucking whack baseball is all there, the time. There is like, a bro, prize for the winner of the dunk contest. What I think. With how big, with how big the dunk contest, like NBA All Star Weekend is, and how poor the dunk contest has been some of the last few years, <clears throat> Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine gave us some incredible ones. But even that, to the average fan, when you hear Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, you're like, eh. Even though, like, in all honesty, it was maybe two of the best dunk contests there's ever been that, like, Michael Jordan's not been a part of, Vince Carter. <clears throat> but 
I think you got to start shelling out some money to get some big guys in it. Like, yeah. obviously, it's past LeBron's time, but like, can you imagine the viewership on like a dunk contest back in the day with like LeBron and Dwayne Wade in it when they were both in their prime? Like, people would have gone nuts for that. And like, right now, if you could get one with like Ja Morant and Zion and some other dudes, the biggest thing, the thing that really sucks is like, dudes just don't want to lose. Like, I think people just want to have fun on all-star weekend. And I think the dunk contest more so than the three point and other things is a lot of pressure. Cause people like really want to see you pull off some new shit and so much shit's been done. So I think like a lot of people just don't want that pressure. And that's the bigger thing. They should pay him for sure. If they want to get in. And if they did, you'd get more and better dunk contests in my opinion and better yeah. players in the dunk contest. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Zion though, real quick. Cause I forgot to bring him up today. Crazy. Wanted to touch Crazy. on Ben Simmons. Did something to his foot, broke his foot or something. Not good. You know, I'm talking to you about that. You, got to give me some credit on this dog because i think the pelicans are two years away from being two years away they still haven't been in the playoffs yet zion's averaging 27 points and doing it on unreal field goal percent shooting numbers like shack numbers and they ain't even close to making the playoffs dog and the west is even tougher now they ain't gonna make it this year they ain't gonna make it next year how long zion's career gonna be and when you put it up against ja you can't even tell me that giant having a better career right now hold on yep go ahead i have been with you on this side i am not against it i said from the beginning zion is the way higher ceiling play he could be one of the greatest players of all time if is it though out. if you're not making the playoffs he's turning into the fucking mike trout of the nba word when you're saying ceiling it's always could be floor is the safe like we know this guy's gonna be really good and that's what john moran is so it's and it's it's a pick your own some people and it's different gms will go for different things don't shake your head no because it's some gms will go for the higher ceiling play which everyone agrees is zion the ceiling on him if it were to work out is higher john morant currently what is actually happening right now is the better nba player to me to me a lot of people disagree with that a lot of people disagree with that because zion put up some historic numbers could have even been on third team all nba last year but honestly the bigger thing here i don't want to even get into uh, Zion and Ja. The bigger thing here is that one, somehow it was kept under wraps that one of the biggest dudes in the biggest stars and biggest dudes in the NBA had surgery like months ago and it's just getting found out at media day. And everyone who gets surgery and has to be off their feet for a few months gets bigger. He looked bigger than he did at the end of the season last year. What is is not what you want is Zion. Like you're trying to have him cut weight. Like I don't think that's a good sign for the Pelicans. I agreed with you on everything you said. I've said for a while, I think you trade Brandon Ingram for the best deal you could get, put some better pieces for Zion's skill set around Zion. What's the over under on Pels wins this year? You still got that access? Yeah, I still got it up. Uh, Over under for Pelicans. Get back to NBA here. They ain't doing that. Whatever it is. Um, How many games are you going to miss? I bet bet they have it higher than what I'd want. Oh, they have it pretty low. 38.5 38.5 they have them under 500 i don't know if i'd want to take the under on that that's pretty low i just wouldn't want to touch it i wouldn't want to take either 38.5 is a little low where they finished last year well last year was weird because it was like 10 games shorter than normal um but just win percentage wise they finished 30 and 42 <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. think they get it bro I think the Pelicans are sorry. At the forty-one win percentage, they're about to just—they're about to just ruin Zion for real. I. But the thing is, I don't know if they're. Oh, they kind of—they made some bad moves. They—you don't let Lonzo walk and just bring back Devonte Graham back. He's fine, but he's not a good like an equal one for one replacement there. No. I just don't think Brandon Ingram's the best fit. They got some decent pieces back in the AD and Drew Holiday trades and lots of picks, but like they just don't have like good players for around Zion, which is what you need to do now. Like. They need to be finding a trade 
put a good guy around Zion. Yeah. Brad, a Bradley Beal would be huge. Honestly, I don't even think it would be bad. I think you need to start doing something now. I don't think it would be bad to go to the Blazers and try and get something for CJ McCollum and get another piece back or two. Like, you need a guy that fits better around Zion and can play on the perimeter. Like, it's not. Don't matter if he's not able to play. He ain't going to be around for the first, what, month of the season? I honestly didn't see how long he was going to be out, but he was hobbling a little bit off the podium for sure. I'm Missed sure a lot of games done. last year. Um,. Let's see. Keep going, but I'm not. I don't think he missed that many games last year, did he? Well, the game the year before, he only played like 16 games. The last 16 games. Yeah, of the but year. yeah, but that was because he was like literally busted up. I think. Yeah, yeah, he was. I'm just saying, last year he played 61 of 72 games. So like, you know, you want to see a few more, but like, not not bad. Yeah. Okay. Not terrible, I guess. Um. He's, he's, the crazy thing with him is he's still only played 85 games in his career. That's lit, that's literally a season and one playoff round. So, like, in games played, he's, like, almost a rookie still right now. And last year he averaged 27 and 7 rebounds, like, on incredibly efficient shooting. Yeah, and so. they weren't even close to the playoffs no. and he's been hurt three Dude, times. Oh, come on, I know, I know that. We like the same thing could be said for a lot of guys over the years, like the Devin Bookers, Bradley Beal, stuff like that. I'm Fine. just saying what he's doing is really impressive and they need to get the right pieces around him because he isn't the problem. Maybe him being hurt right now is the problem, but what he did last year could go towards a winning effort on a very good team. They just didn't have the right pieces around him. You need more shooting around him, you need more playmaking around him. Uh, I want to touch on this real quick before I let you go. Uh, I'll let you go because I know you got to go at some point soon. Do you see this dude? uh, I want to touch on the Lakers real quick on my guy, Russ. Uh, Do you see this dude from Milwaukee, though? Because I guess the Brewers are going to make the playoffs. Uh, But one of their relief pitchers, Devin Williams, um, after after he broke his pitching hand, punching a wall after having a few drinks following Sunday's game. What? Like, dude, that's just... That's just dumb. Like, use your glove hand at least, dog. This, is, like, this has happened many times, though. 2011 New York Knicks, Amari Stoudemire, um, <laughs> in, when they're up 3-1 to one against the Celtics and going to win the series, punches a fucking fire hydrant after the game and breaks his hand, is out for the whole next series against the Heat, tries to come back, can't play at all. They were losing that series anyway. I think it was – I said this to Chu the other day when he said something about this – I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Mike Messina back in the mid 2000s. Yankee pitcher did the exact same thing. I'm not sure if it was in the playoffs or not, but like punched like a brick wall or like stone wall after a game fucked up his pitching hand. So yeah, it's happened many times, but as a Knicks fan, Amari Stoudemire punching the fire hydrant in 2011, 2012 hurts. That's dumb. Uh, all right, here's the thing. So, I've been hearing so much hate on my guy Russ on the Lakers, on yeah. uh, from Skippy Boy saying, "Oh, oh, dude, Russ, look, look at this, look at that zero on his jersey. They're zero percent chances of winning the title. Uh, all this stuff, this age, this this LeBron having a comment in media day on memes of age. I saw this uh this post on Russ, which is." I kind of feel like I've always been this way, and this is how I kind of feel like uh, why I like Russ so much, because Russ is one of those guys that literally just doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's going to say and do whatever the fuck he wants. He's going to wear whatever the fuck he wants, and he's going to just give you his all all the time, regardless of what you think of him. And I think that's the type of player he is. He's talked about being uh, 
Attached at the hip here with LeBron trying to learn some of LeBron's game. Talks about vowing to make Anthony Davis a better player. And to be honest, man, I think LeBron, uh, Russell Westbrook gets way too much hate because of how kind of thing. And we've talked about it here on the pod. And that's fine. I don't have to sound like a broken record here. But I saw at the Lakers, I think they have 15 of their first 18 games are at home to start this season. No surprise here. I think the Lakers are going to start off real hot. I think they'll be right up on the top of the standings, and I think they'll remain there for the entire season. Um, you know, when you go look at some of these things where you're looking at some of the standings in the West, I think they're going to be tight, but I also think that the East might be even more competitive than the West. Kawhi Leonard, when's he going to be back? What's going to be going on with the Clippers? You're looking at Jamal Murray with the Nuggets. You're looking at Devin Booker to start the season, health and safety protocols. All these things going on with lower teams. What's going on with the Blazers? I mean, who knows? So I think the Lakers are like the cream of the crop when you go and look at the West. I think the West is still obviously going to be competitive, but I think they'll remain the cream of the crop from the beginning to the end, mainly because of Russell Westbrook. Because I think Russell Westbrook's the type of dude where, yeah, he might get nights off back-to-back, but when he's out there playing, he's going to be trying to win the game every game. He's going to be, I think, making the... Anthony Davis a better player, LeBron a better player, and when you go look at these guys in their 18th, 19th year, Dwight Howard in his 16th year, Russ in his 14th, Rondo in his 13th, or whatever the fuck it is, Melo in his 16th, all these guys that they got with only like two or three dudes retained from the team last year, to me, I look at the team as like, all right, this is one of these teams where you put it together and you build around the best player in the game on his way out, similar to what you saw Obviously, with Tom Brady heading into the Buccaneers. And as much as I say I didn't want it to work, it ended up working. And what I do think is it's going to work here in L.A., I think they'll be the best team here in the NBA heading into this season, particularly in the West. And I really hate people talking shit about Russell Westbrook, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's just a big personality. It's never going to stop with him. That's just how it is. Maybe 10 years after he retires, everyone will love him, and he'll be like, oh, my God, this stuff was so sick. I'll just go underappreciate what he was doing. That tends to be how it goes. Um, I think I've said it before. I think Russ is obviously better, has some MVPs, but I think him and Melo are similar in that sense, just people that kind of get a little overhated on because of the situations they've been in when it's like, damn, these guys are just incredibly good players. But the scary thing about the Lakers this year, not that you can just take a past event and predict it, is they remind me, and I didn't, I saw some other, I was thinking this before I saw the, like, other posts about it, but I did see some other posts about this, the resemblance of the current Lakers and the 2004 Lakers who lost to the Pistons in the finals that were supposed to be the runaway, like, championship team. They had an old Gary Payton, an old Horace Grant, an old Carl Malone, an old Rick Fox on their team with Shaq and Kobe, and it was just this like, oh my god, look at all these stars, and I'm looking at the pictures going like, damn, I remember when Melo was in the pictures for the Thunder like four years ago, and people were hyping it up. I love Melo, but like, he's not that dude anymore. Dwight Howard is not that dude anymore. Yeah, that's he's fine. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that, but I'm talking about their... You, you, see, this is why I get mad, because it, it gets brought into like all their other players... I'm talking strictly. Let's let's match up Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook against anyone else's big three in the league, including the Nets. And I'll still take the Lakers' big three right oh, no, now. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would take the Nets by a good bit, to be honest. Assuming health, but I say assuming and assuming health, health and Kyrie health gets his vaccine, right? Assuming sides. Kyrie gets his vaccine because they ain't, he ain't playing in those games, so you ain't gonna I, have a big three. I promise you. Yeah, he's not playing in any of yeah any of those games. Yeah, at exactly. All. He can't do the New York or the. He's, I promise you, Kyrie Irving is either 
I'll give it a 5% shot at retiring and a 95% shot at him like being good to play in the games this year. He's not going to let that. I promise you. Guarantee it. It'll come out in the next few weeks or like whatever, right before the season. Guarantee he'll be playing in every game. I think that's a non-factor in this argument. I would personally take the Nets' big three, and it's a, the weak reason is shooting. The worst shooter on the Nets right there is a trillion times better shooter than the best shooter on the Lakers. That's right fine. There. You could shake. You could shake. That's fine. Go ahead. You can say they're the better game. shooters than they probably are, but I'll take. Really I'll take better are. defense. I'll take better playmaking, and I'll take. Better team camaraderie, I think, because you're still looking at these guys from the Brooklyn Nets that have played, what, eight games together? Like, they're still trying to figure it out. In my opinion, they got just as much to figure out as the L.A. Lakers do, and to me, it makes it a lot more even than people think. People are just acting like, oh, man, scary hours all year. James Harden, scary hours all year. Yeah, if if Kyrie Irving can figure it out and if y'all can stay on the court together, because that didn't happen last year. And I get Anthony Davis is injury prone. I get LeBron James got nicked up even, last year. But Russell Westbrook, he ain't going to get – he ain't the type of dude unless he gets obviously torn up where he's going to be missing games. Like, yeah, he has to sit out to take a rest. You're going to have those guys there okay. playing each night as long – no, I'm serious. I, I, I don't think what you're saying is crazy. My thing would be this. The Lakers, while both teams are injury prone, so I'm not going to factor that in, are going to have to work much harder for their shots – and the Nets are going to have to work for their shots. And the Lakers guys are much older than the Nets guys because a lot of their stuff is going to have to come on move. Sick. That's all you got there. is age, just like everybody else has been no, saying on the Lakers, no, though. Let, no, Let's get off the big what three. Age leads to. Saying age would mean nothing. Get off it, the big it, three. This, this, Who this, else do the sick, Nets have depth-wise? Go let ahead. Let me finish. This is about not about the age directly. It's about how they have to get their shots. It's related to the shooting as well. They're not guys as much that can go out there and ISO. Russell Westbrook isn't going to ISO you, especially if you're sticking a guy in the lane. LeBron doesn't ISO you as much. That's not AD's game. So these guys come playoff time, have to be doing a lot more movement, working for their shots, and they don't have – I'm not talking about them or their big three. Their roster does not have the shooters that the Nets roster has, and that's a huge piece, especially when your big three isn't the best shooters. Who's the best shooter right now on the Lakers? Is it Melo? That's not good for them. Is it Kendrick Nunn? That's not good for them. Malik Monk? Those aren't like elite knockdown shooters. Those aren't the Caldwell Popes and Danny Greens you've had in the past. So like, I think the Lakers are going to have a – they're going to be a great team, going to be a top – going to get home court advantage, top four seed, whatever, top three seed, but like – I don't think they're going to be like a runaway just running through teams in the playoffs this year because of how their offense is going to work. They don't have the shooting to space the floor as well as they had in the past, and I would take the Nets' big three by a good bit because of that. It's just easier to fit pieces around guys who are incredibly good shooters and good playmakers. Fair. Patty Mills heading to the Nets scares me, but when I go look at the rest of the depth on the Nets, I don't see as much depth as you're talking about. LaMarcus Aldridge coming back. Uh, some of the moves they made I don't in terms think they of they need big names. It's just the right pieces. Blake Griffin, like bro, like that. that's fine. Bruce, but... Bruce Brown is one of the biggest pieces of their team. He's going to play thirty minutes a night because he plays the perfect role for them. Blake and that's Griffin fine. Will get twenty five. Aldridge will get some. Patty Mills, like they got a incredibly good roster. They got Nick Claxton, the big guy coming back again this year, who looked pretty decent last year. And and I don't think the depth honestly matters a whole lot for them because you could plug a lot of guys around. Kyrie, KD, and Harden, assuming they're healthy. Do you think? All right, let me ask you this then. Do you think that? Do you think the East is more top heavy than the West this heading into this season? Like when you look at the the teams that are going to be up top, right? If we got the Nets and the Lakers both at top, what's more jammed up? In my opinion, it's the East. 
You got the Bucks. Who well. knows what's going on with the Sixers? Just the Bucks, really. I'm only worried about the Bucks. I would say the East, but it's because I think the Nets and the Bucks are above the Lakers and whoever's next on the West, just because of the Jamal Murray, Kawhi Leonard injuries. Like the next teams, the Jazz, I guess, who are really good. They're going to be a really good team, but like, I don't know. I'd, I'd say the East is better overall this year at the top. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it's mainly to me because of the. Um, uh, Nets and Bucks, not too much because of the Sixers. We'll see what they get back for Simmons. It sounds like Ben Simmons isn't going to report, isn't going to play for them. It's going. I think it's going to go bleed into the regular season, and the Sixers will be fine. But they're going to be without their top perimeter defender and top playmaker without getting anything back for him for a little bit. I think. So yeah, dude, I don't rocky. feel bad for Sixers fans, and I really don't feel bad for like the Sixers team, because it, I told you this from the second it went down, bro, when I'm looking at what da- went down with Ben Simmons, regardless of his play, like the way they handled that, Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, the, the situation with Ben Simmons in general, in my opinion, yeah. was handled where you don't, regardless of you signing a one-year or, or on your one-year or four-year deal, like, bro, you don't want to play for a team like, like that at all. And so I think in this day and age where you see these athletes that are able to just get out of pretty much any situation, right, by just holding out, saying they're not going to be there. Bro, I mean, something's going to happen at some point, and I I don't know if it's going to be sooner rather than later, but there's no way he's going to show up for the Sixers with all these reports that I've seen, and I don't blame him. I 100% don't blame him, and I told you this shit. I see see both sides. Um, The the report, I was a few places reported recently that Doc Rivers, Elton Brand, and Daryl Morey went to Rich Paul's house, and it was Rich Paul and Ben Simmons there. Rich Paul's Ben Simmons' agent works for Clutch Sports, and we're basically trying to figure out like what they could do to get him back. And they were like, basically, Rich Paul and Ben Simmons said like almost nothing the whole time. They like asked him a bunch of questions. Yeah. Doc was like, Doc asked a few questions like, "Is it because of your relationship with Ben? Is it because of your relationship with me, the fans?" He was like, every question Ben said no. He asked, "Is it because of your role in the offense?" Uh, ben said no. So it just kind of seemed like he just wanted to be anywhere but there yeah something's gonna come when like he starts seeing these large amounts get taken out of his paycheck like all right i mean he knows it's gonna happen but like are you starting to report what are you gonna do because this could take this could take a while like like i said to you before like if it didn't get done before the nba draft which it didn't then i didn't see it getting done until sometime in the season which looks like it's gonna happen so sixers are going to be hurting for a little bit and if Damian Lillard doesn't become available, which it looks like he's not, and Bradley Beal doesn't become available, which we'll see, I don't know what you I don't know what you do if you're if you're the Sixers for Ben Simmons. Are you calling back the Pacers? Like, actually, we will take that Malcolm Brogdon offer if it's still out there. I don't I don't know. I don't know. To me, like kind of Ben Simmons basically is quoted for saying it's run its course, dude. The process, all of it, the way they handled it, and and to be quite quite honest, like I don't know, like I get. You signing it like I've I've been on the side where like if you're on it on a contract you should try and honor that contract and if you want to get out of that contract well you know you shouldn't be doing it you know this way you shouldn't be pulling a James Harden pulling a pulling a Ben Simmons and the holdout all that but I'd also argue too where it's like I I said this when it went down I think the Sixers should have just traded him anyways if if you're gonna say that type of shit about him. And, and how you expect him to want to come back and play for a dude that basically says, well, I don't like playing with him. Like, you're you're basically your number one A player, your, your yeah. head coach saying that he can't win with you. Like, bro, I don't know. Like, to me, I, I don't the know. Tough thing, 
the tough thing for Ben Simmons here is, and I'm not saying it's better or worse or anything, the Harden thing, but at least with Harden, teams knew what James Harden was. Like, yeah, he did a shitty thing, like kind of sabotaging the team, not reporting to camp. But no teams were sitting out there like, wait, is Harden good? I don't know if we can like think he'll be good when he gets here. Like we had seen it for seven years. Ben Simmons, the big, bigger issue is teams are like, I don't know. Can Ben Simmons be good on a good team? And now he's not reporting to their team, so his trade value's down. So they're just at a kind of stalemate where the Sixers are going to get such bad offers, they're not going to want to trade him. So I think it, I get why he's not reporting, but it would be in Ben Simmons' best interest if he wanted to get traded to report, play, try and look decent during the regular season, and te- he would get his value up a little, and it would be easier for them to trade him. I disagree. Like, I, it, I mean, it would be easier for them to trade him if he was reporting because they could get better deals and would be more willing to trade him. Because Daryl Morey's not trading him for like – oh, okay, give us your, like, some sixth man and a first-round pick. It's, it's not going to happen. He just won't trade him. He Chewy won't. says Ben Simmons should be banned from the league and forced to return all his money. Soft, <laughs> soft, softer than charming, <laughs> charming making say, a free I'll throw. I'll say this. Like you said, Sega, he's, I don't know, he's a real person, too. I'd be, I'd be pissed off, too, if, like, at my job, like, people yeah. I worked with and my boss and people were, like, exactly this dude and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, like, I'm. I wouldn't want to be there as well. Like, exactly. He's a real person like anyone else, but at the same time, I'm surprised his agent, maybe his agent is saying this and Ben Simmons is saying, no, I'm surprised Rich Ball isn't like, bro, if you want to get out of here, like you got to go to camp. Like in order for you to have trade value, you need to be there. Yeah, but They're dude, this is where, this is nothing. where, this is where I think it's, it's funny because these situations in sports get highlighted a, because they make as much money as they do B because they're on the platform. They are and as famous as they are like, bro, Ben Simmons, like, regardless of what you think of him being able to shoot, regardless of what you think, and I get it, it's all fun and jokes, but, like, you've been on the record for saying you think Ben Simmons is, like, an all-star, like, he's an all-NBA caliber player, like, he's an legit NBA, I'm not as high as Ben Simmons as you are, but there are people that think Ben Simmons can go somewhere else and be a, a cornerstone piece to their franchise. I don't know where that's going to be at, I don't know if that's going to be possible, but the whole point is, we've seen other guys able to do this so i hate the type of slander that he's getting because he wants to do this when these people have done what they've done to him like bro it'd be it'd be one thing if they didn't say anything and ben simmons plays the way he did and then he's demanding a trade like all right dude but like i don't know for me it's like if that's the type of environment you're around and i i've kind of just went through this to be honest and that's why i can kind of feel for it like when you're in a in a what's almost like a toxic environment bro like it brings you down regardless of how good of a person you think you are. Regardless of how good you think you are at your job, it ends up almost morphing you into a different situation where you're like, bro, I can't even handle this shit anymore. Like it literally- Ben Simmons had a game against the Cavaliers, say whatever you want, but it was an important game without Joel Embiid at the end of the regular season that they needed to win two years ago. And he put up like 48 points, like, 14 rebounds, 12 assists, like absolutely carried the team. Like I've seen him play well enough to where like, not he's like, oh my God, like first team all NBA can carry an offense, but where like he's worth the money he's getting and he can be one of the top two contributors helping a team. I just think they don't have a good setup around him in Philly. I think exactly as you said, it's like almost a toxic environment for him at this point. You just feel better somewhere else where you feel more appreciated. So like I wouldn't be excited about trading for him if I was any team. But if I was any team in a small market where you know you're not getting big stars in free agency, not any team, a team that doesn't have a good ceiling right now, if I was the Sacramento Kings. I think the Thunder I was, could use him 
And I just I don't was, want him to be the I main player. If I was the Indiana maker. Pacers, a team without a real plan going forward right now that's a small market, what do you have to lose by trading for a guy who's like has like that kind of ceiling? So I don't know. I would do it. It's just a matter of I think his trade value is so low, and Daryl Morey's not just going to trade him for pennies on the dollar. Like I think Sacramento could put a good trade together that would entice them. Here's the thing, too. Don't be surprised when Ben Simmons, when he gets shipped away, because he will, is able to make free throws at a higher clip, is shooting more threes at a higher clip, is Ugh. maybe shooting at a consistent rate. I, I think I, – don't be surprised to see that, dead ass. Cause I've I think heard that for like five summers in a row. That's now, fine, so and that's almost the type that. of thing where like sometimes it's the type of situation you're in, and maybe, hey, maybe – the, the Sixers are just not able to, to get the best out of Ben Simmons and someone else is, and you're just able to have to wait and see that until That's you get into a different possible. spot. I don't know. Very possible. I don't I think I don't even care about the threes anymore. I don't even I think that ship has sailed. If he somehow starts taking one to two threes a game and hitting some here and there, then great. But I think that ship has sailed. At this point it's just like can you please be comfortable driving so you're not afraid going to the free throw line at the end of games? And can you maybe like three times a game pull up from mid-range just th- like three times a game he has all these workout videos where he's pulling up for these like fader sidestep mid-range and they're going in like yeah i could i could take a video of myself like hitting some of those alone too but like point is he can take them and hit them there so like just bust one out sometime in a game it's like a total mental block and i think getting away from the sixers can only help damn josh gordon back in the league too huh that's pretty wild yeah i mean did someone pick him up in our league because i don't think he's gonna matter at all but yeah willie t did I, oh, you didn't yeah, get that, well, you didn't get that, that message? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's Classic one of those things. Like, when's the last time a receipt, pass catcher on the Chiefs mattered who wasn't named Tyree Kill or uh, Travis Kelsey? And are we trusting Josh Gordon's going to be that guy? Like, I, not me. I mean, they pretty much only have those two. They're catching, I think I saw 65% of the passes are Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. But like, Nicole Harmon I like, like oh, but no one else. Every year it's like, oh, Hardman, oh, Robinson, oh, Pringle, oh, Sammy Watkins. Like, it just never comes to fruition. Yeah, like, it's I like the whole think. thing with Josh Gordon for me is like, he's this heads back to 2013 when he started to get suspended. Six, six yeah. suspensions. Um, I'm not saying if there's anybody he can't do it with, it's going to be Pat Mahomes. I would not be surprised Josh Gordon ends up like splashing for a couple games. And if he's able to stay on the team, like that's, I think it's going to help the Chiefs for sure. It's just a matter if he's able to do it. Uh, self-inflicting damage from uh, Josh Gordon has been tough to see. And you just want to see people try and get through that. Uh, I've been seeing it with some other athletes, well, I'm rooting, so I'm, I'm rooting for him. I, I just want well. him to catch some balls and do well. I saw this dude, uh, getting, I'm getting a tattoo next week, uh, which has been scheduled for a while. Um, I'm kind of jammed up on it, but I'll do it. Uh, I saw this dude get a Justin Tucker tattoo. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Rich. It was like a field goal. Then it says Tucker, 66 yards. The week prior, he got a tattoo right underneath that with the date. Um, Baltimore and Kansas City score. Uh, just curious. Um, is that not a bad idea or, or... It had to be a bet or something, right? I don't think it's a bet, dog. I think this dude, I, he's just filling out his leg sleeve right now with things that are happening uh, for Ravens games. That ass. Back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back weeks getting a tattoo of what happened in the game. Like, I don't know if that's a bet, dog. That's interesting. You're going to have to look it up. Happened. That, was, that was total delay game. Ravens shouldn't have gotten that kick. Uh, should have been like delayed, whatever it is, five, ten yards on Classic. that. The kick never would have gone, but whatever. Sucks yep. for the Lions. They they deserve to win that. Fair. Um, great kick though. Good for Justin Tucker. Yeah, that was that was absolutely wild. 
Uh, shout it out, Eli, and the double middle fingers. Do you see that uh, I love Jake Paul tattoo on the middle finger? Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty. That's pretty uh, interesting. I guess they're gonna yeah, have to have tough. a rematch now. Uh, yeah, like I don't know. Like even if I had a bet, like with you and and the bet was well, if I win. You know, you got to get a tattoo, and if if you win, I got to get a tattoo. Um, one, this is this is I've I've thought about these bets before. Um, not saying you're ever gonna make one of these bets because you don't have any tattoos, but I know dudes that have tattoos. I actually have a bet with a dude on a fantasy football uh, league with a tattoo. Uh, moral of this story is I ain't getting the fucking tattoo where you can see it, and I sure is hell ain't getting something like that on my hand like i ain't getting i love rich coletti on my middle finger like if anything i'm if i have to get something i'd probably just get it on my ass or something right like i don't know like that's just the way i'd I'd feel about it so the way i see it is i got two cheeks open two bets going forward with the tattoos and we'll just keep it ripping Drew's response to our Ben Simmons statement was, I'd be pissed too if I gave a dude a shit ton of money and he doesn't elevate his game. Yeah. It's a contingency plan. We pay you, you learn to shoot free throws and threes. Yeah, they yeah true. They should be allowed to say, say that shit. He blew the playoffs for them. Yeah, true. I could say the same <laughs> about Drew Locke, my guy. Damn. Uh, you, know, you know, Drew, he's furiously typing over there now. We're about to get a paragraph. He's fine. He's garbage. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I had today besides, uh, I did want to shout out that 17 wins by the, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, third longest streak in the last 60 years, pretty much video game shit in my opinion, uh, to get into the second wild card spot. I don't know if they're going to win that game, but they're, uh, absolutely on fire. They had a 1.3% chance to make the playoffs on August 8th. Um, I mean, they're playing... Either the, the Giants or the Dodgers. Rich, your Red Sox still trying to hang on. I saw the Mariners haven't made the playoffs in 20 years. I think they're just a half game behind. Yankees losing last night. It's really he- heating up on both sides. Um, man, dude, the Cardinals. That's I feel something about the Chewy's right on that though. The Cardinals, since I've been like pretty much watching baseball, have like always been in the playoffs. Like, damn, what is this 2004 Cardinals we're getting right now? Because. Yeah, I know they got Nolan Arenado, but, like, damn, they're always there. Um, I think Red Sox beat them in the World Series twice in the last, like, 15 years. Yeah, that's what I just remember watching. Um, um, yeah, they, they both, they're always good, I feel like. You're going to hit up the uh, the Yankees wildcard game if they have it? Yeah, going to the Yankees wildcard game if it's having it. <clears throat> Buddy Marcus from school had a few extra tickets, so really hoping it's Yankee Sox. Um I don't know. Won't, won't be too upset if the uh, Yankees fall out and don't even end up making it. That's still a possibility. But uh, yeah, hoping for a Yankees Sox game going to that on Tuesday if the Yankees are in it. That'd be fire. That'd be yeah. actually really fire. I'd be down for that. I had a dude text me last night that I know saying that he had two tickets to uh, the Bucks Pats game Sunday, and I was it was wow. like late at night, and I texted him back this morning. I was like, how much? Uh haven't heard back from him, so I don't know if he sold them or what. But if I do hear back from him, what's good? You trying to go with me? I got a I got a contest at work. My boss has season tickets to Giants games, and we're doing a contest at work right now. And the winning team gets uh, to pick tickets to a game to go to. Except the girl I'm paired with, I w- I literally told him like I was like, 
dude, I don't want to go to a football game with her, like, at all. Like, not not at all would I want to go to a football game with her. He's like, yeah, I get it. He's like, hey, if, he, if she doesn't want to go, they're all yours. So I think it's supposed to be, like, Giants-Raiders maybe was the one. I don't know. But might might end up winning that and getting tickets to a Giants game at some point. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. go to a, a NBA game for sure. So I'm going to look oh, some I'm down, I'm down for that for sure. It just sucks because um, – MSG, well, both gardens. The garden in New York and then wants TD, Mariners, Garden, TD Garden in Boston are two of the most douche. expensive stadiums in the NBA. But, yeah. <laughs> and then and then Barclays is not much cheaper than Nets. So, yeah, three of the most expensive in the NBA minus, like, the L.A. ones, like, warrior-type ones. But, yeah, we, I'm definitely down to go to one. You can get some good deals if you're seeing another team who's not great. Like, I think the Rockets would be pretty cheap. Like, yeah, maybe I'm trying to like hit a, the Rockets for sure. I, I would see not be game. down to see a Thunder game, but <laughs> I would go to see, like, a Grizzly game if you wanted to see Ja or something like that. I'm trying to see Jalen Green, to be honest. All right. Is that your new guy? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I just want to see him play, to be honest. I gotcha. Yeah, I do want to see the Knicks play this year, though, for real. I'm trying to get – Chewy does, too. We should. I was hitting up Barry to try and meet up, so I don't know. Figure it out. I got a um, – there's a guy I've used at MSG, like, through Indeed to get tickets a bunch of times. It has to be 10-plus tickets for me to use him, but I could get, like, a pretty decent deal if we get 10 people that are trying to go to a game. So if we got, like, you know – Barry, Duke, Smats, like you, me, could tell like Papas, maybe TY, tell a few people. If we could get 10 people, I could get us a pretty good deal. But That's if it's pretty less than fire. 10, I'd be down for that. Tickets. I'm sure we can get 10 dudes, honestly. Yeah. It's it's just tough because so many people give the like, oh, I could be down for that. And I have to be like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm going to pay like over $1,000 for tickets right now. And I need you to tell me. Yeah. Like, yes right it's now. just a yes it's a simple <laughs> yes or no like not could you be down for that it's like yo yeah. like are you trying to do this or not like hey i'm yeah. setting up yeah that's how you have to phrase it it's not like oh would you want to do this it's like yo i'm doing this yet are you I in know. or not yeah we, we'd have to start talking about it but we could try and find a game to do that usually we have to pick a, like it, i'm sure it'd be tough to be like guys we're doing the rockets game but we could be like hey this rockets this grizzlies this this game does it work but yeah i'm down to go to the next game all right, well, I'm, I've been looking up. I was looking up the tickets the other night. I might just get them. I don't know, just get a couple or something. But yeah, if you figure out your uh, ten pack, I'd be down for that too. I mean, whatever. We'd have to find find the people. It shouldn't be too hard. I could tell some people from school and everything. But yeah, Smat saying he would be down. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, hell yeah, we get Barry. Guys could always just crash in Stanford for the night after. Yeah, for sure. You can sleep right. on your floor. All yeah, right, bro. Try and figure that out. So, All right, I'll catch know. up with you soon. All right. Peace, sag. Later, smats. All right, peace, brother. Later. Um. Let's see here. I'm not picking ever the Giants anymore, so I'll probably be able to make it back in for some game picks before Sunday. Um. I did want to shout this out, though. I saw Clemson is 25th in the country right now. Uh, it's the first time falling out of the top 10, I believe, since 2015. Coastal Carolina at 16 in the country. Um, wow. Did I never think I'd see the day uh, that Coastal was ranked nine spots ahead of Clemson. Clemson probably fall out of the top 25. Uh, 
I did just want to say, and I've been seeing a bunch of upsets in college football. I've been seeing a lot of um, setups with college football that I think have made uh, the sport a little bit more enjoyable. Um, you know, trying to expand the playoff, I saw that's probably on a halt because or on halt because of the politics involved with the board of governors bullshit, NCAA, whatever it might happen in 2023-24 season. I'm seeing that's fine. You'll probably just have a four-team playoff till then. And for me, that's just pretty tough. Um, besides Alabama and Georgia, which are clearly like the cream of the crop right now when you go look at college football, which, all right, fair, you kind of always see that. Um, there's four, five, six teams, three down, headed into ten, that I, I think all should have an opportunity to play for a national championship. Um can Coastal make it up into that 12 spot like they did last year? Who knows? Um, playing games like they are, 34.5-point favorite up against, like, UL Mullane. I don't even know who the fuck that is. Uh, you know, that's not enjoyable to me. I like watching Coastal football. I check it out. They've been on ESPN2 in the spotlight a little bit. I've watched more college football this year than I've ever watched in my entire life. One reason I've been doing so is I think you have more parity in the sport. Yeah, Alabama out here preseason number one georgia preseason number five both got themselves obviously above the rest of college football but alabama's beatable we saw florida choke they probably should have beat him uh when i'm checking out the rest of the stuff that's going on with college football and the preseason standings you had five sec teams in that slot now you have um north carolina falling all the way out they're in the big 10 big 12 them trying to figure out and fill all these slots um for me i i don't know what's going on in my stuff right now but all i know is that coastal and all these teams should be playing more meaningful games up against more meaningful opponents if you're in the top 25 maybe your schedule should be surrounded by the top 25 maybe you should have conferences mixed playing conferences, getting the Pac-12 back on the map, all these other conferences, and getting Notre Dame an independent who's 4-0 and has played a very decent schedule, something I am not used to seeing, and has won some pretty unreal games. Uh, shout out to Notre Dame, but to me, that's that's not good either. Why aren't they playing some of these other powerhouse teams? You know, if we want to see Coastal for real, why aren't they playing any powerhouse teams? Um you know, I'm about all that, and I think that would just only provide more um, positive things that I've been seeing for the sport this week. Old Miss going up against Bama. Um, big games this week. Wisconsin, Notre Dame. Um, you got plenty of highlighted games that I think are worth trying to set up like that each and every week and how much better that would be for your sport and only expanding that playoff going forward because of that because you never had a two-team team make the college – or two-loss team make the college football playoff. So Clemson automatically out already. Like, all these teams that w lose a game, like, they feel like they're out before they even start their season, particularly if they lose it in the beginning. And you lose two games, forget about it, particularly with this four-game format. And for me, that's kind of stupid. Like, to have a season and the only teams that make it are either undefeated or one-loss teams, like, that doesn't happen in the NFL. And even if it does, it's very rare. And when it does, that team usually doesn't win the whole thing because you had to get to that point. Um, we've only seen it limited times. Um yeah, maybe Alabama was different because they're out here destroying everything with a transfer portal and all that, but I don't know. To me, you try and create more parity. We've seen a little bit more parity with college football, I think mainly because of the transfer portal and name image likeness. 
Uh, but going forward, I think college football has a chance to even elevate itself even more than it already has, and you have tons of college football fans. I mean, you got fringe fans like me um, checking in on it, and I think if you get more closer to the route that I'm talking about, um, name, image, likeness now there, expanded playoff, more teams with an opportunity, um, NFL-style playoff format. I mean, any given Sunday, they say in the NFL, I think you should be saying that any given Saturday as well. More of those opportunities to happen, I think, would be only beneficial for the sport. And I've just been saying that. Um, you know, I, at a point, I've been talking plenty of college sport. I can't believe that the college athletes are getting paid now. Uh, just to see how far I've kind of come in terms of the takes that I've had and sports takes and where I'm at with sports um, is kind of wild to see. Uh, everything that's happened with COVID, everything that's happened with me personally, kind of where I'm at now, where I'm going from here. Um, it's, I don't take lightly what I'm doing, where I'm at, how I'm feeling. Um, the fact that I'm able to kind of get through these challenging times, um, with the help of some of my friends, family, uh, and mostly just this inner passion that I have just to never get up, quit. Um, this desire that I have, thinking back all the way to following sports and playing sports since I was a little kid. Um, seeing all that to kind of come to fruition now where I watch PTI and all these sports shows every day. And they won't be around forever. I won't be around forever. Uh, I'm just trying to make the most of it, man. Trying to have... My friends come through when they can, chat it up a little bit, talk a little sports. Um, for me, I'm getting ready to start up another job soon, which should be pretty fun. Uh, until then, I've been kind of just a stay-at-home dog dad, which is pretty straight, I guess. Uh trying to do more um enjoy myself which is something i haven't done really at all um podcast a little more get on the platform talk a little sports hopefully get people following and checking in on it spreading the word um that's all been good i've been trying to get more people come on the pod people responding to my power rankings or listen to my podcast spreading sharing the love peace and love all that i sneak the more that i see the better and i just don't see much of that anymore um For me, it's been one of these, uh, I've just been trying to think of like what my, um, my mom, my grandpa, my grandma, what they would be saying to me to kind of push me through this time that I'm kind of going through currently right now. Um, not only personally, but the New York football giants, um, you know, just trying to keep things going with my podcast and keep people coming through and trying to check in on it. Uh, even if I'm doing it alone, keeping that confidence, keeping that passion for talking sports, having takes on it. And, um, for me, the content that I produced and kind of going through all this stuff through COVID a pandemic and all this things that have happened in sports and politics and all this bullshit for me, it's just been, Somewhere to kind of bring your mind elsewhere, somewhere to kind of have people to chat it up with. And it's been um, 
always fun. I had Barry come through this week. Got some great intel on what's going on in New York. Rich coming through. Chewy back around. Hopefully Duke getting in here at some point. Uh, to think of the people that I've had on my podcast through and through. Um, it's pretty special to me, and I hope I can get them coming back on. I hope I get some more people coming on. and That's what I'm trying to do on top of figure out what my next move is with my actual job. Uh, this is basically a side hustle. Um, the more support you get, the better, and any support I get is great, and I appreciate all of it, as always. Um, as always, had no shame what I had to say, just a man with a nickname. Till next time, everybody, peace and love. Stay safe out there. You're listening to Seggy Station.